cafe. Anyway, hey, that's what the name of the place is. Mike's Daily Podcast. That we're at Mike's Daily Podcast. It's Mike Matthews at Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley. Mike's Daily Podcast. The last place on earth. It's Mike Matthews, and I've got someone on the show today that is not a sloth. His name is Nick Roth. He's got lots to do. He's making movies. He's writing scripts. He's doing dissertations. And it's Mike Matthews, and I made a reservation to speak with him. And so we are going to speak, he and I. It's going to be Mike's Daily Podcast. Fascinating. But we won't do the whole show singing. This is just the singing part. I like to sing. Yes. Mike's. And I'm done with it. Daily. But I learned a lot. Podcast. Talking to Nick. Yeah. I did. I think I did. Because it hasn't happened yet as of this point of the Cafe Anyway show, Mike's Daily Podcast. I was, anyway thinking of when I'm going to talk to him, what I'm going to ask him. That's what it was. I'm looking into the future is what it is. But he is going to be at and premiering screening for the world in Oxnard anyway. Oxnard, California, the lovely town I grew up in and went to high school in, fell in love in, walked on the beach, walked sometimes... Oh, I, I was really into jogging back then. So I would, in fact, interestingly enough, having to do with the movies, a lot of the movie Bridesmaids was filmed in parts of Oxnard that I remember jogging at as a, as a kid because I wanted to be Mr. Cross Country Champion, which I definitely was not. Whatever the opposite of champion was, that's what I was, and I was proud of it. But this is, no, he is going to be at the Elite Theater Company in Oxnard there is a Central Coast International Film Festival happening this Saturday at 3.45. And here's today's podcast And we're going to have as a podcast picture today something of snow because the movie he's doing has a lot to do with snow. No, not cocaine. But the actual snow and beautiful snow side scenery and a crazy story unfolds in a house in the snow and the late great Basil the Boxer actually met snow once he actually was in the snow up in Mount Shasta one time and that was the only time but we'll have a picture of that see it at mikesdailypodcast.com and now it is Nick that was great singing thank you Nick Everybody is Nick Roth here, a TV writer, TV film perform. I'm doing all these different uh, labels. Am I in the ballpark? TV writer, independent filmmaker is what I meant to say. That's probably the most accurate anyone's (laughs) ever said my title. (laughs) And he is the creator of a movie called Hanky Panky. And he reached out to me. In the email, mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. And he said, Mike, I've got this premiere. I don't know if it's a premiere. Is it the premiere? Or it's a screening? Well, it's a a screening at a festival. It's our first time screening in Ventura County. So I'm calling it our Ventura County premiere. God, and it's at the Central Coast International Film Festival, which is this Saturday, February 3rd at 3.45 p.m. at the Elite Theater Company. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a relatively new festival. I think this is only their second year, but they seem really cool. 
I'm trying to remember the elite, you know, because I, I basically grew up in Oxnard Ventura. Oh, that's right. It's in that nice house. That's that right. Built, that big building. Oh, you know, I don't think I ever saw any shows there. It looks really cool. Okay. I've, I have never been, so I'm looking forward to it. Currently, they're showing the trial of Mother Jones. Interesting. Well. Oh, I don't know. Is that a play? I don't know what that is. It's, I think it's a play. Yes. Oxnard Cultural Arts Center. Well, so, Nick, I got to watch your, your movie, Hanky Panky. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I watched what the whole thing. Think? Well, I, I'm so amazed you even found me because I, you know, I'm the perfect person to send this to because I love mysteries. <laughs> I love murder okay. mysteries. And though I don't remember seeing all of Clue, I may have... Yeah, I still gotta sit through Clue, um, but this well, it does. Clue, Clue is you know that's the murder mystery par excellence. You gotta see all the. You have to see Clue with all the different endings and the whole thing. Yes, but you have your own spin. I love your spin of this, and that they're in a cabin, and they're where was this filmed? It's so beautiful, the snow, and some of your actors are sinking into the snow. I've, I'm like, how the yeah, heck? That they filmed That's this. That's all real snow. We um, th- we shot this in in northern Utah. Oh, um, wow! And, uh, and we we sort of lucked out. We we ended up up there during a record-setting blizzard. Um, and like as we were prepping the film, it dumped about five feet of snow on the ground one night. And so, and then it snowed a lot while we were shooting. So it was there the, like. I, I don't know. Everyone was talking when we shot this. It was not. It was a long time ago because it took a really long time to edit. I don't want to say when. But recently, The Revenant had come out, and we were like, "We're our movie's going to look just like The Revenant. We're just going to be <laughs> out here in beautiful blizzard with gorgeous light." So it looks, yes. the movie looks has no business looking as good as it does. It looks great. Yes. Oh, now I got to go watch The Revenants because the, the I I love that snow and that feeling that you have there that you've captured in your movie with the the, the snow and the and the you're you're trapped uh but there's this comedy going on and there I don't know like the first 20 minutes I'm going what what <laughs> yeah what? And, and and then uh and then everything gets explained so I'm like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> yeah you know I, in the editing room, we spent a lot of time thinking about whether we should explain more things up front and, and ultimately decided, you know what, this is a weird movie. Let's let it be weird and a little bit. Let's, add, let's make the audience ask a lot of questions at the beginning and then we'll slowly unravel them. So I, I like movies that do that. <laughs> I think this, yes. one, this one does quite a bit. And you are in the movie. You. I'm all yes. I'm all. We all had to be the, the very small cast and crew. Everyone who's in the movie was also the crew of the movie. That's there's amazing. Only like, there's only like 15 people who worked on this movie in any capacity. And you have a man bun in the movie. I, I, you know, I did at the time. I don't anymore. Um, I think of it as just a bun. Like I don't. You know what I mean? Like we don't call it a lady bun when it's on a on a lady. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Well, when I had hair. And, and mullets were big uh, I tried to do the ponytail thing I wanted to be like the cool guy But my hair is curly And so I it always was like in the I never had it accumulate on the top of the head uh-huh. Which which a man bun typically does Or a, a 
the hair is, you know, sitting up on top. It was always in the back because you wanted to look like, I don't know, uh, uh, George Washington. Didn't those guys, right. when they're signing the Declaration of Independence, they all had ponytails tied with ribbons? Was your hair like stark white too? Yes, it was stark white even back then. No. Uh, that's, that would, that's the cool, like I have, I have dark hair, um, but if I had stark white hair, maybe one day I will. You'll, you'll do uh, that. I'm definitely going to do the founding father's look. <laughs> it was a holdover from the British, so I guess. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge move uh, in a man's life if you move from ponytail to top knot because <laughs> it really opens up like a lot of doors. You can, you can rest your uh, head more comfortably on, mm-hmm. on like a seat, like in a car. Right. There's a lot of things that, uh, that make it, a, I think, a more functional hairdo if you have long hair. Top knot. I'm going to call it a top knot from now on. Not man. Yeah, I think that that's, that's, a good, that's a good term for it. I don't think there's a really good reason to gender the hair. Well, I have Natasha Leon to thank because in an episode... Uh, Portlandia She referred to it As a man bun Because she goes to a concert With the Flaming Lips And there's a guy In the audience That has such a thing And the top knot And I I I see a lot of those now And this came out You know About ten years ago So uh, But But I will call it that Yes Let's Let's make it universal I'm Almost positive That at some point Around 10 years ago I would have been At a Flaming Lips concert With my hair And a man bun yeah. For sure you, Oh okay I wonder If they're still touring But We'll I don't know they sh- I, I've, seen I, them, I've seen them live A couple of times They put on a hell of a show Oh Fantastic And then you have Let's see I, I didn't IMDB everyone So it, But it feels like Everybody I saw On the screen Was Someone I've seen before in something else. You know, a lot, a lot of this cast are sort of like, they're, okay, this, we, we made this movie, we're a group of friends. Like, every, we're all close friends. The, the, my co-director is also my wife, Lindsay. She's also in the movie. She plays Rebecca. It's, it's, a, it's a very close-knit group of people, but we all sort of grew up in L.A. and knew each other. And You know, most of us have worked somewhere in the entertainment industry. And so I was like, well, we have a group of friends who are talented actors and you know, are working in television and whatnot. Let's, and we have this cabin in the, that we can go to in the woods. Like, what else do we have? Let's make a movie, ensemble, cabin. I guess, you know, horror, murder mystery. Everybody's going to get killed in that cabin. That's got to happen. Amazing. And the movie just writes itself after that. You know, once, once you have a cabin and you know that you're going to have like a sentient handkerchief at the heart of the film, um, <laughs> but everything yes. after that sort of just falls into place. It makes total sense. The sentient hand, handkerchief. That that was very cool. I I was. I wait. Did it say who the voice was <laughs> of the sentient handkerchief? The, the handkerchief is voiced by uh, Toby Toby Bryan, who did all of the puppeteering for the film. And oh. he's worked a lot as a puppeteer. He's a great puppeteer. He was like a puppeteer for Chance the Rapper, and he's built a. He you know he works on the team that builds the masks for the masked singer and. He's very talented. He's also an actor. He played Norm in the film. Um, oh. And he's just like, you know, a, a, a super close friend. And what? he will be, I think he's coming with me to the, the screening on Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. It's, I was very amazed at, at, at how you were able to make handkerchiefs and hats do things that I didn't think they could do and, and give them personalities and 
and and then yeah and you built that ice cabin or was that an actual ice cabin out there uh, uh what do you call yeah. it ice lake uh, fishing cabin yeah, the ice fishing shack on an that's an actual frozen pond Oh. Uh, and and definitely the hardest part about making this entire movie was like disassembling and removing an ice fishing shack <laughs> from the middle of a frozen pond in like five feet of snow and hauling all of that wood out of there. Oh. It was very cold <laughs> and very and a lot of work. Oh my gosh, that sounds dangerous. Because what if, yeah, the thing goes out underneath it, you? I, it the, might have been the ice. I, it was pretty frozen. It was a very cold winter. That cabin's at like over eight thousand feet of elevation, so it's like, it, you know, we were okay. we were shooting in sub-zero temperatures sometimes. It was very, very cold. That lake was frozen solid. But yet here we are, a bunch of folks that are probably all from California, basically, or have lived most of the time in California. Now you're in the freezing cold. And you're having to Look, I, will, I, 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 I have to admit it. I don't know if she'll want me to say it, but my my wife is actually from Las Vegas. She was oh. born in Nevada and, and and came to Los Angeles only as a as a six month old baby and has been here ever since. But so she's, I can't say that we all come from California because we don't. Okay, well, I mean, even Vegas in the middle of the desert, and now you're in the ice cold. That's very good job, Lindsay. Yeah, no, I think she, she did great, and she she looked like a sexy ski bunny in the movie. It's great. It's a good look yeah, for her. Yeah, I didn't know what was happening with her and uh, the the wait. It was her brother, right? That's right. Toby plays her brother, and they okay. well, they're like brother and sister. They're no, they're not. But Toby's like that's their relationship in real life too. Yeah, except without the sort of incestuous undertones. <laughs> yes. Well. How much of that was? Imagine what does this sound like? This movie sounds like with what worse? What I'm saying about it right now? Yeah, I don't know. People that are listening to this podcast, I know they must be at the very least intrigued because that's what I'm hoping. It's intriguing. It is, and and it's beautiful, beautiful, beautifully shot with all the snow and the the very nice looking cabin. And I thought you guys rented an Airbnb and just showed up and started filming but it's very nice that's where Lindsay's dad lives who Lindsay's dad jimmy Hahn. who shout out to jimmy he's also the composer he did all the music for the oh yeah very nice music kept me on he's the edge of my seat he lives, he's a composer and he lives in a cabin in the woods so we were like okay we got this cabin we have friends who are funny and who are actors let's just go and he has a pinball machine yeah we played a lot of that pinball machine that I, I didn't reckon I, I played a lot of pinball as a kid I'm trying to remember I remember more uh, The ones that had the the uh, You know You'd have the, the really beautiful They went totally crazy with the painting At the the whatever you call that at the at the back of the uh, pinball machine The back glass of a pinball machine The back splash Back glass Back class Glass <clears throat> Back glass yeah Back I don't line. know why I know that. I don't know why I know the parts of a pinball machine. I shouldn't. Well, here in the Bay Area in Alameda, there is a pinball museum. And so you see all these things. But yes, yeah, sometimes it would always be something that would grab your attention. It could be yeah. women in bikinis. It could be some kind of cool spaceship. I don't know. But so you, you were, uh, did you write it actually? Or was it, it was co-written. No, you did write it. I saw that on the credits. So 
Yeah, so I'm taking credit uh, for, the, for the script, but really it's, this was truly a work of uh, collaboration between our, our, our whole group. The whole main cast are also producers on the project. We all sort of collectively own it. It is, you know, we had no budget. It was really, truly just like a group of us who were, we had made a lot of shorts and music videos together and stuff, and we kind of got tired of doing it, and we're like, let's make a feature. Who can write a script that we can shoot the fastest? And, and that was me. I, I was able to write a script faster than anybody else. Uh, but then everybody worked on it collaboratively. We did. We did like a weekend of just like of where we got together for a couple of days and everybody did sort of like improv based on like scenarios oh. that we wanted to be in the movies. And so uh-huh. everyone really had a say in developing their characters. And then a lot of the script literally got written just by the availability of when we had actors. So like, okay. Like let let's just say that the without giving anything away that the order of who gets killed largely has to do with um, production related necessities. Oh, interesting. Because other people had to get out, had to go, and yeah, people had to get out or or do other things. In some cases, maybe you know, hold the boom or whatever, and uh, <laughs> and so we had to kill off the characters. Wow, how do you write a script that fast? Are you are you doing um, it all on like a tablet or a, or a iPad or just a laptop or, or are you using paper and pen? I, I like I wish that I could tell you that I was like well I you know I rented a uh, I went to the cabin and by myself in, in Wyoming and on, on my typewriter like Jim but what's his name Taylor Sheridan I almost said Jim Sheridan Ron Sheridan uh, but no 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 it's a it's a laptop actually. One thing that we would do is for like, I, that I think is cool is for table reads, we would hook the laptop up to a projector and project onto a wall so that everyone was reading off the same script. And then also, if we saw things or thought of things or character or actors improv things, we could put them right into the script, like in real time, collaboratively oh. in a room together. It was kind of like a writer's room in some way. Oh, is that typical in Hollywood? No. It's typical in television. I worked on the staff of a, of a TV show for many years, and I was a writer. Um, but it's not typical in features. I'm not really okay. sure why, because it, it's a very fun way to write. And, and Nick, you also teach at CSUN at Cal State University Northridge? or That's right. I'm an, I'm an adjunct professor of cinema and television arts. Shout out to CSUN. I, have, I teach... Uh, I teach whatever they tell me to teach there. I teach cult cinema, like which is weird movies, which is very fitting. I, but I also teach sometimes this like is gonna American be, film history and basic stuff. This movie is going to be a cult movie. It has all the. It, it's like things you'd want to watch. It's something you'd want to watch with your friends. Yeah, that's what that's what we're hoping for. Is it feels like it's a very sort of quotable, rewatchable. You know, it's sort of silly and fun, but there's like more and more into it. The more the more you watch it, the more you start to find new things. That's I mean that's the. That's the goal. And it's, wait, you teach cult movies? Is that one yeah, of the so one of the one of the classes that they always have me teach is uh, is on cult. Yeah, it's cult cinema. It's a lot of fun stuff. We're doing next week. We're doing El Topo by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Oh. Uh, I mean, you know, we do Rocky Horror and Videodrome and Hedwig. A lot of fun stuff. Tank Girls on there. A lot of fun movies. Wow. I and then. Uh, my cat just walked in. Are you going to do that, that cat movie with the, um, oh, what's that? It was like a horror movie. And, and 
not not Natasha. What's her? Oh gosh, I think it was in the eighties. Cat people from the moon. I can't think of it now. Cat, oh, cat. Uh, cat yeah, I'm, it's escaping me now too. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. No, that's not a, that's I'll, not on there, but it probably should be. I'll look it up. Whatever this is. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. I merely asked that question because the, the, the my cat just walked in and asked that. So it's yeah. just uh, yeah. Or so uh, we should just teach a class on like anything, any movies or entertain like related to cats in any way. Like, yes. Listen to Doja Cat and like watch movies like Catwoman. And didn't Disney do the Cat from Outer Space? And that sounds like that sounds like something that they may have done in like the Shaggy Dog era. Yes, it was during that era, and that the yeah. the main cat was voiced by Bob Newhart, I think. Or he, Sus- that he is the perfect casting for a, the voice of a cat. I guess Disney then used him for the Rescuers, so he was big with Disney at that time. So, but yeah, well, I would love to take your classes because I'm sure it'd be fascinating and just the the type of movies you would pick would be really cool and what, you're welcome anytime because that one's on zoom i can send you the link <laughs> if you ever want to drop it oh very good yeah i can do it from podcastro valley and i almost went to csun i ended up going to ucsb but oh yeah i had a lot of friends going to csun and i, I mean it, the commute would have been about the same because i was living in oxnard right so a that would have been cool. I could have been a CSUN alumnus. We have uh, similar but opposite paths because I went to UC Berkeley. So I, I, ah, I went to UC You were up here. Back here. And did you do much with the movies up here? No, I was... What was I doing? I was like trying to like play and play music when I was at, living in the East Bay. Not really doing... I wasn't really doing movies yet. Oh, okay. Any And uh, were you with, with a band? I was in a very mediocre pop punk band called Urban Achievers. Shout out to my my good friends from the Urban Achievers. We played a a, a large number of shows and were relatively unsuccessful, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I love all the the members of that band dearly and still keep in touch with them. Urban Achievers, and I'm sure you played some interesting <laughs> places up here around the bay. Sure, we did. We played. We played everything from like. High schools in Marin to like, uh, you know, the historic venues like Gilman and whatnot. But wow, it was. Uh, and and when did it was you? Not a great band. It was. I said guitar. Urban Achievers, though. I'll look it up. Is there anything on SoundCloud anywhere? No, here. So uh, amazingly, wonderfully, thank God. This was just before. Oh. There was everything was on the internet, so we we all of our stuff was on MySpace, and that it just disappeared eventually. <laughs> you know, it's still there. I think somewhere I I found one MySpace account. I had a couple different ones going, and one of them is still around. It's weird, but ours just got it, it wiped off the face of the the earth at some point. And then what got you into movies to, to actually, what, what was like one of the first film projects you did? Oh, so I was, so, okay. So I, my, both my parents were people in the film industry and like everybody, like I grew up in the film industry and I ran away from it. I was like, no, I'm not going to get sucked into this. Destiny. And yeah. I got sucked back in, um, after grad school. I, oh. I actually, my dad and I went and worked on a, a Chinese movie in Beijing for a really long time. We like wrote a Chinese 
film together. It's a really, really long story. Wow. But, um, but that was my sort of first adventure back into like, okay, I guess this is more fun than, than, than my you know, dissertation in, in English. What was that one called? Uh, my dissertation was called Potential Cinema, Closet Film in 20th Century Fiction. And it was about um, experimental fiction that's written using screenplay formatting. So it's like there are examples of novels and poetry and people who, who take the format of screenplays and use them within literary works, but they're not meant to be like made into movies. And I'm the uh, uh, world's foremost authority on that topic, I think. Wow. Yeah, because it's just me and two other guys. Yeah. And are they the two other guys? Are they around? Are they close by? Can you can you knock them off? Can it? (laughs) What am I close to you? There's my friend Quimby, who is who I met because we were the only two people that I could find in America working on on this uh, very esoteric niche part of film and cinema and English literary studies intersection uh i think he's in where does he live now it's not san jose it's one of the suburbs of san jose oh. he's up there somewhere okay Fremont or something i think he's in fremont i can't remember yes that's close to san jose and uh and the other guy i've never met but he's japanese he's a japanese guy oh. who writes this stuff because there's a lot of um there's a lot of japanese writers from like uh, the 1920s who well, actually just uh yunosuke who is like a big japanese writer who um the, the, the father of modern modern japanese japanese modernism i think is what what his what he is known as but he wrote a lot of this stuff he was using film scenario form in the 20s to write interesting fiction and nick you uh also have in this movie shifting gears back to your movie real quick because i, no, I didn't want to i didn't want to miss are we, why am i talking about any of this <laughs> nobody wants to know about this no they do we should keep going. So, uh, what is? Do you think the current modern influence, or what is the influence of that genre on the current movies and TVs to shows today? Do you think? Oh my God! The, the influence of wait, the influence of which genre? The uh, genre of the of which you were doing your dissertation on. Oh the, wow! Uh, there is none. It's like I don't think anybody sort of pays attention or knows about this. That's why I wrote about it. I was like, nobody knows about this really weird, super weird stuff. Um, I guess probably in, in, in interesting ways, there's all kinds of fun things that are like the legacy of how things influence and sort of trickle down. Somebody writes something, someone else reads it, and 50 years later, that influences another movie. For sure, that 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 happens. And, and I'm I'm influenced by all this weird stuff in ways I probably don't even know about. And this was published, your dissertation, to, like, can, I mean, can we find the, it? If, you're, if you happen to be walking through Ithaca, New York, and you want to take a, a brief moment to step into the Cornell University Library, you will, you will find a copy of my dissertation there. Oh, okay. But you got to be there to do that. To go I and... Bet you probably can get the PDF. I mean, I can just ask me. I'll send you the PDF if you want. Okay. I need to, I need to learn these things about... <laughs> Nobody wants this. It's, nobody wants this. The movie is fun and light and doesn't require um, having a PhD to understand what's going on. I promise. Well, the, my, my character in the movie is largely making fun of my own experiences in academia. Yeah, because you're a professor in the movie yeah. as well. And, but he's, it, a, he's, 
Well, not really, but he's, he is a sort of like academic and artist and I love Dr. Crane, my character, but he's, he's the sort of buffoonish extreme version of, of my worst academic impulses. And then you start speaking French. Yes. All the French is incorrect. <laughs> okay. So I should not go try and use that. Uh, when yeah, I go don't, to don't pick up anything that Dr. Crane says in French. Okay. In the, in the movie, every single thing he says is wrong in French. And the yoga gal, the yoga instructor who went to TWAT University, and she's like a marriage <laughs> therapist. Yes. And okay, so my that is that is the brilliant actor Ashley Holiday Tavares playing playing Diane in the film. She was wonderful. She was wonderful. And my lovely lady friend particularly liked her because she also is a, a marriage therapist and she is uh, learned to, uh, she just finished school. Like a, it was a, a long course to be a yoga instructor. It took like over wow. a year and she had to do all these demonstrations and take notes and go to people's other classes. And I had to do yoga, Nick. It was amazing uh, because she would work out her moves on me, and that. Oh yeah, I do. I got. I got to do yoga every day, or I I can't move. Can't move my body. Exactly. How long do you spend on yoga every day? Not like like one tenth of the amount of time I should. Dang. Well, that's great. And then you feel more flexible and more calm. I feel less in constant uh, pain. Yes. Wow. See, Nick. That. it was, and that probably was one of the reasons why Ashley's character was in the movie. She, uh, Ashley's character is in the movie because we were like, Ashley is hilarious and incredible, and we need to write a character that uh, showcases that. Well, uh, she was great, and I liked all the different things that she was doing. And and then we she left her on the pod, but she got mouth surgery yesterday, so she can't. Oh, talk. yeah. Oh, and then she found she found some kind of mushroom out there in the snow that was particularly potent. Yes, we we this is I am sad to say a a fiction device. Oh, moose mushroom is not a real thing. We oh, but um, well, all of that. Step in whatever kind of mushrooms you want in your imagination (laughs) for for the moose mushroom. Yeah. I'm like, uh, in the Bay Area, we got mushrooms growing everywhere because of all the moisture, but you don't necessarily want to eat it because you could die. But that's... You have to know what you're doing yes. with mushroom. And, and Diane does, clearly. Do they have a web... Do you have a website for the actual movie, right? As yes, hankypankythemovie.com. Hankypankythemovie.com. That is so easy to remember. Yeah, and if you mess up and just write hankypankymovie.com, guess what? I bought that domain, too. And it just redirects to hankypankythemovie.com. Brilliant. Wow. So it's all there. You, that is so... You're internet savvy. You've got to be with all the websites, and you got to make sure that people are going to the right place. But You have to learn a lot as, as, a, as a truly independent, independent filmmaker. You have to learn a lot of things that you didn't think that you would have to learn like i would love to just be a screenwriter and write these things and then somebody pay me to go away and then go and make the movie but that's you got to see the whole thing through right to the end even take down the ice fishing shack at the end yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta dispose of an ice fishing shack by yourself 
you have to, you know, figure out how to buy a domain on GoDaddy. Shout out to the fine people at, at GoDaddy, I guess. That's where we bought the domain. I should have went with GoDaddy. Someone told me to use my domain, but I, I've heard so many good things about GoDaddy, so I don't know. I have, I have. Uh, well, honestly, nothing to say good or bad either way. Oh, okay. You could. I've never used any other thing. I'm just. That's, I'm not a web expert, but I did build the very impressive, very serious, very professional hanky panky the movie dot com website. Well, I'm gonna go check that out, and not to be confused with Madonna's song "Hanky Panky" from the Dick Tracy movie. Yeah, not to be confused with that, or as I found out. Um, well after we were underway on this film there's also an underwear company called Hanky Panky they're very what and yes the, the, you will uh, mostly find them if you just search for Hanky Panky that's why we're Hanky Panky the movie not Hanky Panky the underwear okay <laughs> thank you for steering us in the right direction it, you're welcome uh, it, it's thank you for reaching out to me and the I'm so happy I did me too and I'm going to learn all kinds of things about uh, screenplays and writers that write in cabins with their paper and pen. And I'm going to, all the stuff that I didn't know, I'm going to expand my universe. So 345, yeah. uh, the Central Coast International Film Festival is when, but you're going to be, your show, your movie is going to be showing at 345 p.m. at the Elite Theater Company in Oxnard this Saturday, February 3rd. So, Thank you so much for having me, and this was very, very fun. Yay! As we go outside a cafe anyway, where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on Earth. Oh, there's a couple people we need to say hi to. Hello, my thanks for joining Two Hearts Gift Shop Supervisor. I want to do a movie about snow globes. Snow globes. That is a thing. That probably be... How has it been... That all these toys, like the movie Toys and the Barbie movie and all these other things that you get at a toy store or Toys R Us when it existed, you you can't get... There's no Snow Globe movie. We got to work on that. Yeah, Mike Matthews, I want to do that. I want to become the next big star. Mike Matthews. Well, you will be with your Snow Globe movie. But the movie Hanky Panky had a lot to do with snow. I cannot believe how they were able to act... In the snow, like up to their waist in <laughs> freezing snow. Ugh. I was very impressed. And doing comedy as well. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. Mike, yes, working in snow can be quite a very difficult experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and rain, which we're getting some of. In Podcastro Valley The last place on earth Ameritopica We will get to more Topicas next show And make sure If you want to call in And maybe you have a question for Nick I will relay the question to him And get you an answer perhaps Here's the phone number Call Mike at the Cafe Anyway hotline Area code 510-228-4640 with more ways to listen to the show, to contact me, to see the podcast pictures and all that, to tell you all about that, it is A-Frame! 
Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.